know if I was recording. Oh my god. What the flying I apologize for the poor audio in this podcast as I forgot to hit record on the recorder. Hello and welcome to another episode of Millenniotic, the podcast where a couple of millennials talk about society, entertainment, and the logistics of life. I'm Jason Bell. I'm AJ Paconis. And if you missed any of our other episodes, be sure to follow us on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Mm -hmm. Subscribe to our YouTube page. You'll see every video and you'll see our uh, beautiful faces. And then you can also listen to us on Spotify. So AJ, you know what I want to talk about today? What? Us millennials, we're very nostalgic, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And I think like a good thing to talk for us to talk about today is nostalgia in video games. Because I think everyone around can associate their childhood growing up with some good old video games. How about that? Especially when our generation was really the peak of when video game started, right? Mm-hmm. When video games, be, you know, when they were back from Pong to yeah. Pac-Man, right? Tetris. Yeah. All of these kind of different games... Mm-hmm. into what the games you play now where there's a hundred people in different locations in the same game. Yeah, that's true. It's crazy to think that we were part of the generation where it rose as well as the internet. So mm-hmm. It's a very cool wave to ride on, I, I mean, would say. I mean, we grew up definitely during the boom of 3D video games. Yeah. 2D was already say. mastered. 2D was great. Super Nintendo, fantastic. But 2D is limited. Though. Obviously, it's limited. Right. But I think we might piss a pe- couple people off with our list. I, I don't know about you, but definitely me, because my list of my top four Mount Rushmore of video games that I have right here is very 2000, early 2000s centric. Because one thing about me growing up was any games on like the Super Nintendo on like Super Nintendo N64 because I remember when we, when like me and my brothers I have two older brothers yep. we grew up I got we got a Super uh, we got a Nintendo 64 for Christmas I think in like 1996 and basically okay. after that it was always I was like the backseat gamer I'd always be watching my brothers I wasn't actually playing any of those well games. you're you're the youngest sibling yeah, exactly that's, that's your job yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Which sucks. I was always stuck with Luigi in fucking Super Mario World. See, which, it was, it was a different dynamic in my family because my older brother is eight years older than me. Yeah. So he played a different genre of video games. So it was me and my younger sister yeah. who actually played a lot of the games. But we would play them on equal level. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know? It wasn't like the dynamic you're talking about where there's like a backseat gamer with the little brother. Like yeah, we were, she'd be playing like Barbie's Ranch and you'd be playing no, Spyro. No, <laughs> we would both be playing Spyro. <laughs> okay. And she would pass the part that I would get stuck on first. I love and she it. would always be better at Guitar Hero and stuff like that. Hell so yeah. It always pissed me off. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to be like the older brother's better at video games. Yeah. But, but no, the younger sister reigns alas, supreme. Exactly. All right, so do you want to go first or shall I? Go ahead. All right. Enlighten me. So... I think for my first pick, I'm going to start with, because like I said, N64, my brothers would always start that. I'm going to put Legend of Zelda in its own little bulk category, because obviously Ocarina of Time came out mind blown, because it's just this open world, even though it is kind of just like a hub, it's an overworld, like the land of Hyrule is just like a big circle with multiple like doors and gateways that lead you into other levels that are the dungeons so it's like very limited very limited at the time in my personal opinion probably link to the past was a lot better because at the end of the snes era like they had mastered 2d like gaming like it was like perfect and then n64 comes along with its polygons and everything's new and they have to figure out like all their new mechanics and all that jazz 
But for my actual top pick as far as Legend of Zelda goes, is gonna have to be Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Because it still had, yeah, because it still had the aspect of like a grand adventure. Like I could literally sail on my sailboat for hours and I would be entertained. <laughs> Just like going around and trying to like complete my like little map of the world. It was just fucking enough entertainment in general. Actually being able to like play that game and sharing it with my friends because all these games on my list are just like games that aren't necessarily solo player, even though they are. But at the same time, as a kid, you kind of made solo player games a shareable experience Absolutely. with your friends and your Absolutely. siblings. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. But like, so that's what I mean. Like we would either like discover a new island, discover a new secret and fucking share it with our friends and talk about those things. But like, that was probably my first full on Zelda experience that I played from start to finish and probably like completed a hundred percent. That's my first head on my Mount Rushmore would be Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. It's funny how you bring up the fact that we used to play single player games together. Yeah, right? Like, right? We would play, you know, the Mortal Kombat's going through the story, taking turns yeah, doing the fights exactly. and stuff. Yeah, you know, that saying. kind of stuff. As well as, we went to the extreme mm -hmm. of actually bringing two, two, consoles two consoles to the same two place TVs. to play the same game next to each other. Yep. We used to do that with Skyrim. Skyrim, like, yeah. my, so like, uh, on my honorable mentions, I'm going to mention is, is Fable. And that was okay. definitely a big one for me, because I remember... Our friend Connor. Yep. Literally, when Fable, Fable, when Fable 2 came out, <laughs> me and him were so hyped that we each bought the game and played it overnight at my house. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It was just the shared experience of like a solo player game because it's just like you're exploring a new world together even though you're doing it on your own. Right. Yeah. All right, what's number two? I mean, uh, do you want me to go over my whole list? Sure. All right. We'll Screw. do your top four. We'll do my top four. Yeah, all right. So my next game would probably be... Halo 2. Halo 2. And Halo 3. I gotta kinda lump them together. Okay. Because Halo 2, when it first went, around the time when it first came out, I would play that game like a madman. That whole campaign was probably my favorite of the Halo series. And I just remember, like, that was like the first game that I was ever like, I'm gonna play on hardcore mode. I'm gonna play at the hardest yes. difficulty. Me and my buddy yeah. Mark are going to literally sit down and play this entire campaign through hardcore mode where we only have one death per level <laughs> and kick the shit out of this because it was just like the challenge was just so fucking great and perfect and just like the breaking benjamin at the end just that fucking butt rock yeah that was just great but um and then you go into the online aspect of it where it's just like the first game that was ever just like four players online able to play on one console together on set on same teams or separate teams and it just like opened up this whole thing like i remember just the fact that halo 3 had this like do you remember playing playstation 2 online and how good yes. it was yes like absolutely. battlefront 2 yeah like bungie developed their own like engine like their own like online engine aside from like microsoft like aside from xbox live that's how they had their lobbies and all that set up like they put in the extra time and effort so that people who had their LAN parties back in the day of like Halo 1 could actually play online with other people. So my take <laughs> on the Halo 2, Halo 3 discussion is Halo 2 introduced... Yes. Like they mastered the campaign, mm -hmm. right? They mastered the single player and they introduced a lot of multiplayer aspects yep. that Halo 3 
nailed it. Yeah, it did. They nailed it. Oh, absolutely it did. So that's why I like how you included Halo 2 oh, and 3. Oh, yeah. Because 3 mastered things 2 was trying to do. Yep. So the combination of the great campaigns in that game that you could really crank up to the mm -hmm. hardest difficulty and actually mm -hmm. get through. Yep. And that was a fun, you know, couch co-op experience you could do with your friends. Yep. And you could argue that the Arbiter was just like a clone of Master Chief and he didn't even need to be included in the campaign, but I still enjoyed it. And... A little reason why I kind of preferred Halo 2 over Halo 3 is very, like, uh, it's kind of shitty of me just because I like the aesthetic of it a little bit more. It had a lot more blood, and it was a lot more dark okay. and texture. Like, I like the texture of that game. Like, there's something about, like, Master Chief's armor and the look of it that was a lot darker. And I thought the, um, uh, I can't remember, I think it's, like, the Horde, like, the actual, like, virus or whatever. I thought the levels for those guys were fucking fantastic in that game as opposed to Halo 3. Like, that game scared the shit out of me with those levels because, like, it just introduced it, like, halfway through the game. It was like became It was like became, It became yeah. a horror game after, like, halfway through the game that it's just, like, completely, like, 180 from, like, a space action adventure to evil fucking alien, like, fucking viruses that are, like, taking over all these other people. You but know, yeah. that's a game I really should have included was Doom. Uh, that was a great, I'm surprised you did it. That's a great game yeah. to do the single player with friends kind yeah. of thing where you just play through the campaign. When yep. you die, you swap. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was, that was a great game to do that in, yep. too. Yep. Uh, so my number three is going, and you're probably not going to enjoy this one, but it's Animal Crossing, and I know how much you hate these kinds of games. <laughs> Elaborate. Uh, so well, what's a big game that kids love these days that all it is is just busy work? Minecraft. Yeah, Animal Crossing, probably one of the pioneers of those games next to The Sims, and um, what's the other one? Like, Harvest Moon. I like The Sims. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. you enjoy those kinds of games, but, like, that's the thing. You probably, like, played The Sims a lot when you were younger, right? Yeah. So, my reasoning for Animal Crossing is just, it created, like, something to do, but it had that shared experience because in Animal Crossing, four people could have, like, a house, and it was all in the same exact town. So as you were using the same memory card, so it was just like... The <laughs> same memory card. Yeah! Eight megabytes. <laughs> eight megabytes. Huge. Right? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so it was just like, everybody had their own houses. And the funny thing about Animal Crossing over Minecraft, where it's just an open world to explore, Animal Crossing starts you in crippling debt. Like, the very beginning of the game, the guy who introduces you to the game sells you your house, and he's like, alright, you don't have the money for it? Let me give you, let me give you a loan of 102,000 money that you have to pay me back, and that's how the game goes. It's just like the beginning of the game is literally you paying this guy back, and that's a good way to teach your kids that life is not going to be easy. You You're going to blink, and you'll be 100k in debt. Exactly. Yep. But, like, just, like, playing that game as a kid, like, me and my friends, we would each, like, choose, like, our own profession. Even though the game doesn't really do that, it's just, like, make money the way that you want to make money. So it was, like, one of us would be fishing, one of us would be bug catching and selling those things. One of us was, like, an <laughs> antique collector. Come yeah, on, bro. I was the bug collector. Go of course yourself. you were, Go dude! fuck yourself. My basement was filled with uh, every type of bug in that game. Not even that joking. Game, that's awesome. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that game was just so much fun. It's, like... Just a fun little time waste so that you could share with your friends. And it just started those kinds of games, like that along with The Sims and Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon probably came out a little bit earlier than that. I think The Sims came out like two years before, because it was 2001 when Animal Crossing came out. Uh, then my fourth game, a lot of people love Final Fantasy. 
Final Fantasy VII in particular is a big one. Yeah. The remake's coming out yep. in, in, in like a couple months. Yeah, I have some mixed feelings on that that I would like to talk about in a later podcast. Okay. But, uh, so yeah, Final Fantasy VII. My brother played a lot. He fucking absolutely loved that game. I loved watching him play that game. But my game is going to be, for Final Fantasy, fight me, come at me. Final Fantasy IX is the best Final Nine. Fantasy game of all time. It was the very last game to come out on PlayStation 1. The very last of Final Fantasy as a Squaresoft company before Square Enix. It yeah. was basically like their their swan song for an end of an era. Like it was the main developer's last like full hands-on game, like his process of that game. And it was Nobuo Uematsu's like last like involvement as far as the full soundtrack goes. So like the whole soundtrack, music is great, story is great, like the actual in Final Fantasy VII in like the old game, the graphics were like so bad that like each character was literally like eight polygons. It was like a head, uh, a square for an arm, square for that, square for legs, square for this, square for chest. Like, that's all they were. At least, like, the character designs in Final Fantasy IX were completely, like, developed. And some of the characters yeah. in that game, just, like, that game just, like, made me think so philosophically. Because, <laughs> like, one of the char main characters, like, his storyline completely revolves around, like, coping with death. He, like, learns halfway through the game that he has, like, a nine-year lifespan and it's just oh. like, yeah, the, the rest <laughs> of the game is literally, like, him just trying to, like, wrap his head around, on, like, what is life and, like, what does it mean to, like, have a good life? It's so weird. Like, it's so just, like, it makes you think for, like, a 12-year-old. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's my uh, top four. So I'm going to put Animal Crossing, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, Halo 2 and 3, and, um... Final Fantasy Nine. Nine. Okay. Nine. All right. <laughs> it's not a bad list. It's Thanks. it's a different list than what than I most, provided. Yeah, exactly. And then what probably like most. I people might be would more expect. of a mainstream list here. Yeah, exactly. A lot of you people are probably going to be like, yeah, like, yeah. obviously that, <laughs> one, right? Like the last one I'm going to save. Yeah. I shared with Jason earlier. Yep. We had the same reaction. Because so. like a couple of games, that I feel like most yeah. people are expecting is probably like. Mario, Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, 007. Yeah. Like, like I, I could easily name the generic yeah. things, but these this is all about opinion, and you can take take it and do what you will. So I'm going to go in a different kind of order, mm -hmm. and I'm going to do probably the newest game that I included on the list. And for me, the prime gaming age that I really enjoyed was probably 7 to 16. Yeah, exactly. So, right? Yeah. 7 to 16. Yeah. This is when I was 14 to 16. Yeah. Was this game. Came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1. Ooh. For Xbox 360. Ooh, I love it. That was the first one that, that I would so like to include. Oh, goddamn good. So, the thing about that game yeah. is it came out, it was the first Call of Duty on 360 to have the online system that yeah, was, still pretty much is what it's built around I'm today. Pretty, yeah, didn't it, come, didn't it come out before Halo 3 even, like... Was I have no idea when Halo I think 3 it, was released. I think it was, but yeah, continue. So, Call of Duty was the first competitive, first-person shooter that I played on an online setting. Yeah. And I put way too much time way into that game. too much. But I love this game mm -hmm. because it got me into the first-person shooter. Yeah, exactly. Which kind of, it, like... Yeah. But that 
you know, I play a lot of first-person shooters. Yeah, now, and I, I would say the Call of Duty. I played 26 days of playtime, almost a month of my life into yeah. Call of Duty Modern yeah. Warfare on Xbox 360. And then I bought the remastered one. I need to pull up my Xbox 360 and find out how many hours I've put into some of those old games because, my Dude. God, they were insane. Dude, <laughs> we had so much free time as kids. It's, it's crazy what happens when much. you have, like, 12 hours during the day in the summer. Yeah. Right? Second one, mm -hmm. the Spyro Trilogy. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's Spyro the, the Dragon. I know right? this one was and coming then for you. <laughs> Spyro Ripto's Revenge. Yep. And then Spyro Year of the Dragon. Yes. So my favorite was Year of the Dragon. Um, it was the third one. And it was because the replayability of that game was a lot higher than the first two. Okay. So the first game, you were pretty much. It was a very square. basic. Yeah, you it was were a very you basic. You were a square, yeah, purple I remember square, playing that with one. a tail, yep. some horns, and you breathed fire. And and it looked like Minecraft, it, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Right? Yeah. And the, all you were doing is it's a very linear kind of game where you just go and you just, it's a puzzle kind of game, right? Mm hmm. But in Year of the Dragon, it really evolved where there were more. Uh, physics that were involved in the 3D environment, a lot like flying. Yeah, exactly. You need to figure out how to yeah, fly. I don't even think flying fly. was in like the first one. It might have been, but it was very basic. And the low key best part of that game was the skateboard. I was, I was gonna. Dude, if you the skateboarding part of that game, I played the crap. If out you weren't gonna bring that up, yeah. I was literally gonna be like, also, wasn't that the one that had skateboarding? And it was, that's why it was replayable though, because the skateboarding <laughs> it was so, so much fun. And as a kid, I feel like you just had. It's not so much like the free time, but you had like so much imagination that you made the fun. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't really like the game like provided you with a game, but you made that game into what it was. Like you just had so much like more imagination that you would take like any of those old games and you would make new inventive. That's games a great fun. point. You know what I mean? That's a great point because mm -hmm. how many times do you play a game? You play it all the way through, and you don't think you had fun playing. No, exactly. Oh, my God. The best games that yeah. you have fun with are the ones that you can have, like, the greatest imagination <laughs> with and, yeah. like, kind of connect to in different ways, exactly. other than just, like, playing the game itself. Yeah. Like, Sonic right. Adventure Battle 2 back in the day, I put, like, 30, like, I put, like, way too much time into just the Chow Garden which was basically just babysitting. <laughs> like, that game had its own adventure mode and all this story mode and stuff like that. And I don't even care. All I want to do is just raise my little baby chows. <laughs> like, literally, you spent Tamagotchi so much time. kind of stuff. Tamagotchi yeah. shit. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Third game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to include a racing game here. Oh, uh, yeah. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Hell 2. Oh, yeah. So, I believe this one was a 2002, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, Modern Warfare was 2007. Mm -hmm. Spyro came out in 1998, was the first one for PS1. Yep, yep. And I played Year of the Dragon on PS2, mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. So, then we have Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2, which was a PS2 game. Yep. And it was the first Need for Speed game that I experienced. Yep. And it was the bomb yeah, to me. Yeah. Because yeah. the way you needed to drive in that game is how I still drive in games like Forza 7, <laughs> and it's not the way you drive no, cars. No. You don't drive full speed into a corner, expect it to deflect you into the right direction. Yeah, it's kind of like the jump between San Andreas and Grand Theft Auto 4. <laughs> right. So, so there was all like that aspect. The cars, it was like the first game where you could get the model 
like the supercars, like the McLaren F1 was the fastest car in that game. There was the oh, Ferrari F40, which is one of my favorite cars ever, the Ferrari F50. Mm -hmm. Then there was the Murcielago, which was on it. Mm -hmm. And then on the cover, if you remember, there's cop cars behind yeah, the Murcielago. Yep. You would have to do races getting chased by cops. Yeah, it was badass. That was so much fun, like playing with somebody. Mm-hmm split screen mm -hmm. and the person in first gets pulled over by the cops I love it. that's your daylight that's to try to pass them yeah it gives you a comeback ability in the game yeah because the cops would lay down spike strips they would do all of this kind of stuff <laughs> right like helicopter they yeah, would drop yeah, yeah. barrels of explosions oh my God. like this game sounds fun because it was you ever play any of the driving games with the steering wheels and the pedals oh i do that was neat that was like uh I forget exactly who had one, but he had Need for Speed 2 Hot Pursuit with the steering wheel and pedals, and it was just the best. I did, yeah. and it was very difficult to play, yeah. but it was another it was way so to play cool. the same game. Yeah. So my favorite was always slowing down to the speed limit to pass cops Amazing. in the middle of a race when you were that far in the lead, and so yeah. that way the cops didn't pull you over, they pulled whoever was awesome. behind you over, yeah. Awesome. Little dipsy-doo there. Mm -hmm. Last one I have on my Mount Rushmore, and That's I would right. say it's probably the game that most people our age can relate oh, to. Oh, absolutely. And it made one particular skateboarder very popular. Oh, it's Tony Hawk okay. Pro Skater 2. I love it. Probably the highestly, the highest rated game for a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people. I was going to put that game on my list. You can't forget it. No, you really can't. Because it, I think it came out on PS1, but also it came out, they released it on PS2, I think, too. I, th I think, I'm pretty sure that game's like been re-released like multiple times. Right. But I'm almost certain like exclusively PS2. originally it was definitely PS1 that we played that. But, that we probably yeah. played that game. So it came out in 2000. I think <clears throat> PS2 came out 2001. Late, late 2000, 2001 in America. It's so and funny how like a lot of like the best games always came out at the very end of like a uh, system's life. <laughs> right. So like you got <laughs> you had to use your PS1 yep. even when the PS2 was out because yeah. you needed to play. Like, there were still so many games that I wanted to play, and that's why it's like, oh yeah, PlayStation 2, able to play all the old games. Like, thank God for that, because it's like I didn't want to have to get rid of all those fucking games. So what move in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 would you try to land the, the most, but also failed the most? Probably the 900. It was the 900 Absolutely. for you? Well, I mean, just because, like... You knew that Tony Hawk was famous. Right. You wanted to nail a 900. So you're like, oh yeah, I want to nail a 900. But it was just like, I feel like the, I don't know, the thing that was always like the biggest appeal in that game was just, uh, what was, what's like the thing where it's just like you try to like get the longest combo of all time. Yeah. And you're just like, what the hell is the move where like you're kind of like, just like riding the back two wheels of your skateboard. Oh, manually? Yeah, manually. Yeah. yeah so it's just like you manual. Do a, or grind, manual, do a trick, man, land yeah, into a kick manual, flip, manual, kick flip, manual, and just like trying to keep like yeah. your skateboard in balance the whole goddamn time. And that was the first game that kind of introduced cheats yeah. for me. You guys remember the Game Shark? Oh my God. It was another CD you could put in yep. that would unlock codes for you mm -hmm. into games. Yep. It was pretty much a PDF, mm -hmm. and also, you would get all the cheats. Also, King of the Hill. Play that game. Yeah. Way so goddamn. Was it King of the... I, I can't remember if it was King of the Hill, but it was like the game mode where basically it's like you do a trick that earned the most points on a specific ramp and it would turn your color. Yeah. And the other person had to get that many points. That was so... That was good. Fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you learned a lot about 
the pro skateboarders that are out there and just like more than oh, just yeah, Tony Hawk. Bob Birdquist, I mm. think, was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I learned that. Um, too. I learned that what's his name, uh, Jason Lee, was a pro skateboarder before he became an actor because of those games. Oh, really? Yeah, Jason awesome. Lee from like Clerks and like My Name Is Earl. That my dude was a pro Earl. skater. So, is there any honorable mentions? Uh, I've mentioned a like few already, like GoldenEye 007. I played that game Golden a lot. Eye. That was, was an really N64 young. game. Yes, it was. And that game, I remember, was one you could play four-player split-screen. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I remember getting the Golden Gun. Yeah, dude. And trying to figure out how to aim that thing I remember with an N64 controller. Good luck, man. <laughs> Good luck. You I couldn't look up. Yeah, that was the game you can't look up, yes, right? No, it's only sideways. No, you can't. That game, that's <laughs> why I put it, I, I couldn't put oh it my on God. my list. Because that's the thing, I don't want to put any game on oh. my list that I wouldn't happily play again now. I would not play GoldenEye. Right I would now. never play GoldenEye no. ever again. Like, literally, all you're doing is this. Like, it had a little bit of look up. But it was like fighting to look up. It was yeah. so... And you're doing it all with one analog stick. Yeah. That was before the dual controller. And my god, were those days terrible. The single... <laughs> the single stick. Yep. Controllers. Dude. Yep. But that's what I mean. Any of the games that are on my list... But like before to. that, there was no sticks on like the Super Nintendo. Mm. No sticks. It was no, just no sticks. four buttons and a directional pad. Yeah, you, mm. could, you couldn't even go diagonal. With like the yeah. original... With the original NES... It didn't have a directional, like, uh, diagonal direction because it was literally just the four arrows. And then any, then Super Nintendo introduced a circular D-pad. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was just like, Cutting edge technology. Holy shit, I can move Link diagonally. This I is know. amazing. <laughs> oh, so, for... How far games have come. My honorable mentions, I would say, would probably be the Madden series. Oh, I played yeah. a lot of Madden. There's a lot of sports games up. that I could put on there. So I have I have Madden, and then obviously Mario Kart 64 and yep. Super Smash Bros. on N64. Yep, hell yeah. You know, those are your first. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because, like, Smash Bros. is really a 2D game. It is. Oh, yeah, absolutely it is. Right, so yeah. that's one of the games that they kind of mastered. Yeah, like it's most, a 2D fighting game. Yeah, most of those fighters characters. were all 2D. I think, like... Soul Calibur was probably the first one that actually, like, well, eh, Soul Calibur and Tekken introduced the whole, like, oh, yeah, you can yeah. move around the map a little bit. A PC game I'm going to throw in here for an honorable mention is Warcraft 3. Oh, my God. Which they are re-releasing. <laughs> they're they're uh, remastering it. Yeah. It's coming out December 31st of this year. Oh, yeah. So that would include the Frozen Throne expansion, which for me, I played a ton of the custom games you can mm. make in Frozen Throne. Yeah. It was like the Winter Malls, the Tower Defenses, uh, yeah. Rabbits for a Sheep, those mm. kind of custom games is mm. what I loved as well as, you know, I played through the story. But I don't care about like the, the RTS aspect of games like StarCraft and WarCraft. I, know, yeah. I didn't care for those. No, I know. Yeah, you kind of, well, what was like the game mode that you just like always played? It was kind of like the mobs coming. Yeah, that was that Winter Mall. Yeah, what I would do. Okay. there was nine. Yeah. There were nine spawns. Yeah, and it, like they all had to trickle down to what ended up being one. Mm. So you'd have three top, three mid, uh, two bottom, and then one bottom mid. Uh, I think I have one more on the mention that I would like to mention, okay. and mostly because I want to go into uh, one thing in particular was my. My honorable mention that I had at the very bottom of this list, and I don't know why because I absolutely love this game, was Conker's Bad Fur Day for the N64. What? Came out in 2000. It was developed by Rare, who is basically just like, 
they gave us our childhoods as far as video games go. They may like they they're responsible for Goldeneye. They're responsible for Banjo Kazooie. They're responsible. Oh, man. Yeah, they made fucking Donkey Kong. They made Donkey Kong sixty four. Like all of those Donkey games. Like fantastic. All these great non Mario platformers and collectathon oh, games. My God. But Cars Bad Friday was like their last game, and they made it M rated. And it was basically, yeah, it was an M-rated Nintendo 64 game that literally, like, it had, it had a deathmatch version with squirrels versus teddy bears, and the blood would be flying, and it was amazing as a 10-year-old, because it was like, somehow, we were able to get in, like, this fucking bloody, disgusting game as children, me and my brothers, and we would play the shit out of it. But yeah, that's, that's my, the rest. My last honorable mention is going to be a different James Bond game. Yeah. One that included a controller that had two sticks. Oh, okay. It was Nightfire. Hell yeah. So Nightfire was a very fun game for me because what you what I would do is me and my sister would play a 2 vs 4. We would mm. set up four AIs, hardest difficulty, mm. on Skyrail. Yeah. I don't if you remember Skyrail. Yeah, it's pretty much just the hill with the two houses, and yeah. there was a gazebo thing that went back. Mm -hmm. My favorite character to play... Odd job. Odd job. Hell yeah. And just hat from the top <laughs> building to the bottom and just see if you could get kills, dude. Yep. Just... And you were the shortest. Mm -hmm. So oh you, God, like, you didn't so have good. to worry about like that, you know, yep. aiming wasn't oh that God. bad of an issue. For I you. love those like yeah. old exploits that just like because like just the fact that height makes a difference. Yeah. <laughs> In a game like that where it's really it's a first person shooter. Yeah. But it hasn't mastered the physics yet. Mm -hmm. But it was close. And mm. that was a campaign I played a lot through. I loved a lot of the James Bond games. Like yeah, Agent Under Fire was fun. Yeah. I think I played Russia uh, from Russia with Love. That was another yes. one. That was a fun episode for me because, yeah. you know, like you said in the beginning of it, we mm. love nostalgia. Oh my we god. Love we love looking back at the past and the good times, right? Nineties kids. We love that. Yeah. We love that. Yeah, we do. Only nineties kids understand. I kinda hate right. that we do, but you know, like you associate nostalgia with like good times and good memories. So it's right. like it's what gets your dopamine going. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it was a really uh, it just like I'm leaving in a very happy mood because yeah. of like all of these memories that are just rushing back to me. You yeah, know? exactly. So next week. I want to talk about other things that, you know, are fun, mm -hmm. but not necessarily video games, but what millennials like to do for hobbies versus what mm, okay. baby boomers and other generations like to do Ooh. for hobbies. Okay, I like that. I want to see the differences in if it's just kind of like a trend with ages, mm. you know, as you get older, this is the kind of hobbies you get into, or mm. is it going to be with our... Um, our generation growing up in all this technology, are we sure. going to evolve into a different kind mm. of hobbies, mm -hmm. right? Because video gaming is a hobby. Yeah, it is. You do it for fun, not that's necessarily true. intending to make money from it. And that's kind of what a hobby is. Yeah, that's true. So I want to, I think that'll be something fun to talk about. Yeah, because it's like also a good thing, uh, like a good aspect of that is also like the difference in like the economical climate of the two right. like growing you, up and everything. And like you there can are see, multiple factors. And just like the money that you have as a baby boomer versus millennial will impact the kind of hobbies you get yeah. into. Because even Gen Zers, they all have completely different hobbies than us. Yeah. So that, yeah, that'd be a good episode. I like right, that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So up there. <laughs> until then, let's get this burn. Acquire that grain. Until this week. Have a great week.